Welcome to On Course, the teaching ministry of Pastor Hart Ramsey. And the wisdom of God transcends, it lifts you over. Where we offer simple biblical insight into some of life's most pressing issues. Love is a manifestation of strength. The Holy Spirit produces nothing but strength in us. I want to show you. Prepare for the next few minutes to be encouraged, enlightened, and inspired. Let's join Pastor Ramsey and get on course. We don't get excited about a twist in real life. Because what makes the twist a twist in the movies is that we didn't see it coming. We didn't expect it. We, didn't, we did not anticipate it. Okay? You look at the movie, say, okay, this is going to happen. I'll go get some popcorn. You come back, you miss the good part. You didn't anticipate it. This is the way we end up hurt. And I want you to hear what I got to teach you tonight because it's going to help you. A twist in the story usually surprises us because, number one, we thought we knew enough about the characters to predict their decisions. We thought we knew enough about the character that was just introduced to us 10 minutes ago. We just met him sitting in the street. We just introduced him. We just start watching. And that's the way we live our lives. We'll meet people. We'll see a part of their life and think we know them. How long have you been dating? 30 days. You getting married already? Just God. What you're doing is, and, well, this is good. They're interrogating John the Baptist. Let me bring you in on the story. And they're asking him, the Pharisees are asking him who he is. And I'm going to read 12 verses, so stay, stay put with me. Then, then who are you? We need an answer for those who sent us. What do you have to say about yourself? This is the Pharisees acting John. John replied in the words of the prophet Isaiah, I'm a voice shouting in the wilderness, clear the way for the Lord's coming. Verse 24. Then the Pharisees who had sent them, who had been sent rather, asked, if you aren't the Messiah or Elijah or the prophet, what right do you have to baptize? Keep rolling. John told them, I baptize with water, but right here in, in the crowd is someone you do not recognize. Though his ministry follows mine, I'm not even worthy to be his slave and untie the straps of his sandal. This encounter took place in Bethany, an area east of the, of the Jordan River where John was baptized. Hold right there for a minute because you see the word Bethany? That's not what the Bible says. I think that King James says Bethbara. Bethbara means the crossing point. It's a, it's a, it's a, a place on the, on the bank, I think, of the Jordan River where, where, where there was a ford, a, a place that was easy to cross. It was called, a, everybody said, a crossing point. And what's about to happen now is, is that John, something is about, to, is about to change. This is a twist right here. Because up to this point, they thought John was this, they thought he was the Messiah. He's, he's about to show him he's not. Now look at the uh, next verse. The next day, John, was, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, look. Now this is John speaking. He said, look, the Lamb of God. Give me King James. I like the, the portrait of the King James. John said, behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. Verse 30. This is he of whom I, I said, after me cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me. Hold right there. Notice, what, take a note of this. John said that Jesus was what? No, no, what's the word before that? He was preferred. Everybody said the word preferred. Now, now trust me, tr- are we going somewhere with this? I need, you, just re- I need you to stay with this. Everybody say out loud, preferred. preferred. There are times in a situation where we are, we are a player, but we're not the main player. There's someone preferred above us. And it's not, that, it's not that people chose that. It's that the way it's written. God wrote the story. What you're seeing is John and Jesus are playing according to a script. 
And John knows who he is. It was written of him in the book of Isaiah. Jesus knows who he is. And they both have to live out the script because watch this, the one that wrote the story, he knows exactly what each character is supposed to do. What happens to us is that we get ourselves in situations where we want to be preferred and don't understand what the story is about or how the story is supposed to go. You're not supposed to be preferred there, but you want to force yourself into preference and forcing yourself into preference breaks your heart. Because number one, if they allow you to do it, you're not ready for it. And number two, if they don't allow you to do it, you're so set on it, you so expected it. That you treat it like it was a promise to you and it really, it wasn't. And a lot of times, what you think is God setting you up for the good part is the enemy trying to distract you from God's best. Watch this. Look at verse, look at verse 31. And I knew him not. John, this is what John said. I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore, I am come baptized. And here's what John is saying. John said, I didn't even know who he was really. He said, but I just knew he was supposed to come. Now look at verse 32. He said this. And John bare record saying, I saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove and it abode upon him. Verse 33. And I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me. Upon whom thou shalt see the spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he. Which baptized it with the Holy Ghost. John said, I didn't even know who Jesus was, but the one that was writing the story told me in the story, one is going to come along. And he was Jesus' cousin, his younger cousin. You think he'd figure that out? Don't know. But it was his younger cousin. And the dove, I'm the older one, I got the ministry, and then the dove lands on him. Anybody but him. That's my cousin. My cousin is preferred above me. This is interesting because John didn't know. He said, I didn't know about it. Look at verse 34. And I saw and bear record that this is the son of God. Give me a new living translation right here. He said, I saw this happen to Jesus. So I testify. I'm telling you, he is the what? Now, this is interesting because you're going to see how, how these things play out. Now, now, allow me to work this. So, so the twist in the story usually is, it surprises us. When twists happen in a movie, we say, uh, I, wow, I didn't see that coming. But when it happens in real life, we get our feelings hurt because our expectations weren't met. So here's what I want to ask you tonight. How, number one, who are you in the story? In the story, go back to the story where you got hurt. Go back, go back to the scenario where your heart was broken, where the bitterness that's in your heart right now, because, you, you, because someone hurt you so bad, you can't believe how they treated you. Let's revisit that story. I know it's hard. And I know you say, Pastor, it's the past. I want to leave it alone. But when, I, I want to give you a rule. When the past continues to haunt your present and destroy your future, you have to go back to the past and uproot something. When the past continues to haunt your present, and disrupt your future or destroy your future. You got to go back to it. You got to revisit it and see what happened because the enemy is playing a trick. You got it? This is important. You, 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 well, the enemy just, it was the fruit of the enemy. It wasn't the fruit, it was the root of the enemy. He planted something in your past that's grown in your future. So the question I want to ask you is this. Who were you in the story? Don't answer, just think about it. Look at Matthew chapter 3, verse 13. Who are you in the story? Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. Verse 14. Remember now, John already said he's better than me. John said he's preferred before me. John said he's the chosen one. He's the son of God. How many of you saw that when I read it? 
Watch this now. He says, but, but go back to verse 13. I want to show again. Then Jesus went from Galilee to Jordan, to the Jordan River, to be baptized by John, verse 14. But John tried to talk him out of it. Everybody read the rest of the verse with me. Read. I am the one. Come on. Come on. Come on. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Lift your voices. Let's try it again. Out loud. I am the one who needs to be. Uh-huh. He said. So why? John knew how the story was supposed to go. But what happened to John, he learned more about Jesus. He started watching his ministry and seeing what he, would, what he could do. And after a while, he's like, man, this guy is dope. And what happens to us many times is we, we tend to forget who we are in the story because we become intimidated by who the other person is. Not realizing, watch this now, and, and our, a lot of our hurt comes from the fact that we have no confidence in ourselves because we're watching another person play their role in the story and it, overshadow, it seems to overshadow us. Here was a question. The question is, he says, um, I'm the one that needs to be baptized. You, so why are you coming to me? Here's what Jesus said in the next verse. Uh, Jesus said to him, it should be done. For we must carry out all that God what? Requires. So John agreed to baptize Jesus. Look at verse 15. I mean, verse 16 rather. After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and setting on him. Verse 17. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Now, you know in the King James how that reads. Had John not went through with the part that he was supposed to do, this would have never happened. Let me show you the sequence of events. Here's how the story plays out. He comes to, Jesus comes to John because that's the way the story is written. That's the way God said he wants it. He comes to John. John's like, wait a minute. He said, I know how, how, what God says, but man, me and you both know you should be baptizing me. Jesus is like, but that's not the way the story is written. That's not the way it's supposed to go. Okay? John submits. He baptizes Jesus. God needed John to baptize Jesus because Jesus was not the baptizer. John was. John comes up, I mean, Jesus comes out of the water, the Holy Spirit descends on him, and God speaks and says, this is my beloved son. And from there, the Holy Spirit drives him out into the wilderness. He's tempted, he's tempted 40 days, 40 nights. He comes out and he does his first miracle. Had John not obeyed in this moment, the rest would not have happened. It's how important the story is. Not just the story, but who you are to the story. Amen. How many of you have seen this? Now, here's what gets me. I want to ask you this. Well, I want to make this statement first. How you write yourself into a story could determine how you feel about the way the other characters in the story relate to you or treat you. How you write. When, now, I'm going to tell you what, normally what we do. Normally, a proud person will walk into a situation, a group of people, and here's how they write themselves in the story. I'm in charge. No matter where they go. They, they, no matter where they go, they, they always write themselves into the story. I'm in charge. Or... A person that has no self-confidence will come into a story and they always write themselves into the story as the follower. And you keep casting yourself in these roles. And I'm going to say this right now. Anytime you find yourself cast in a role that God didn't put you in, you're going to get hurt. Trust me. I don't care how many people tell you, you should do this, you should do that. The, a, a mob could be wrong. You got it? You, 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 have to, you have to go, <laughs> you have to go what's right for you. What is God saying to you? Because what happened to many of us is we insert ourselves into situations, and here I am in this situation, and now all of a sudden I'm hurt. 
And, here, and when you find yourself saying words like this, that always happens to me. People always treat me like that. You want to hear a rule? Because of sin, nobody always does anything. Sin disrupted that kind of consistency. There's nobody that consistent. So nobody always does anything. So if it always happens to you, what you may need to check in, check on is how do you insert yourself into a role? I want to tell you something that happened to me uh, at, at um, John P. Key's um, Victory and Praise Conference. I learned from being a young minister that whenever I come into the sanctuary, I try to sit in the back. Invariably, someone will notice who I am and they'll bring me to the front. But in this one evening, uh, I, I knew uh, John's musician. He took me and brought me all the way to the platform. I didn't want to go. There was nobody else sitting up there. You know what I'm saying? I mean, come on. This, the, the room is packed. I don't want people gawking at me. That's sister, the sister saying the song, she was working the song. I, just, and I said, can I sit there? He said, no, no, no. no. Pastor Q will kill me. Took me up and sat me on over where the minister sit. So I'm the only minister sitting over there. I'm uncomfortable as a mug. I'm sitting over there going. And then finally, finally, when they did the, the greeting and different things going on, then a guy comes to me and says, Pastor, you know, you, sh- you really shouldn't be up there by yourself. Well, now I got to come down. If anyone came in the room after, they would think, he just walked up there himself. They had to set him down. <laughs> now, if they stayed for the next night, when I preached, they would know that I was no joke. No. <laughs> but, 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 wait, 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 hold up. I ain't done. Come on. But, but uh, the point I'm proving is this, is that I knew in myself I was not supposed to be up there. I knew it. I, everybody said he knew it. But I let them put me up there anyway. And, and, and when I sat down, I knew it was wrong. I knew it. So I was trying to figure out a way to, to when, when the service was doing something different to sneak down. But you're not going to sneak in front of all them folk. And I think, I think God moved on a brother's heart. He came and got me, and he walked me, and sat me in the front. Right, and and I, I was sitting there thinking, you know what? Now, you knew better than that. And that's what happens to us in life. Now, I'm going to tell you what the devil tried to do. When I, when I sat down and realized how uncomfortable I was, I started blaming the brother. I can't stand pushy ushers. I'm telling you, I know where I'm supposed to sit. And this usher will mess me up. Look now, all up here for the garden, everybody. Uncomfortable, can't even worship. I started to blame him. Then the brother that came to get me, God sent him to get me to help me. And he brought me, and I'm mad at him. Now he's going to come get me in front of all the people. That's the way we live our lives. Sometimes we, we, the Lord, don't do that. And you'll do it anyway. He, God's trying to help you. you do, then you're in the wrong place. You're out of, you, you're out of your position. Then you blame the people that did when you knew. They didn't know, but you knew. They didn't know, but you knew. They didn't know, but that's critical. Stay tuned for more of today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Pick up the new release from Stellar Award nominees Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir titled True Story, featuring the lead single, It Is So. Pick up the chart-topping release from Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir titled True Story in stores now and available at all digital outlets. Have you subscribed to Hart Ramsey's Uplift? It's his national text message service where daily you get to hear from the heart of God through the man of God. 
Hart Ramsey. To subscribe, simply text the word Uplift to the number 46786. Once again, text the word Uplift to the number 46786. And daily, you'll receive a text message designed to uplift your spirit, encourage your heart, and empower your walk. Subscribe today to Hart Ramsey's Uplift. Amen. Imagine being filled with a peace so deep that the world around you can't touch it. Pastor Hart Ramsey is on a mission to help believers understand what it means to have a healthy, prayer-based relationship with God. He's doing that through his brand new book titled Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer. Prayer at first was a struggle because, you know, it, it really takes faith to pray. You have to you have to trust that God is like a person. He's a real person and that he's the one that invented the concept of prayer. In this book, you'll learn how to ensure your relationship with God is based on a new and improved covenant, which dangerous prayer habits to avoid and what to do when prayer doesn't yield the answers you want. It's time to trust God enough to make your prayer life truly about Him. Pick up your copy of Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer from Hart Ramsey, available now at Amazon, iTunes, and wherever books are sold. Now let's get back to today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Suppose God God told them, okay, let's, let's examine that. If God wants me to do something, Why would God tell them and not tell me? God ain't stupid. He's a master communicator. You know, God invented all the languages. God speaks thug. You got it? God speaks country. He speaks ghetto. God God speaks jailhouse. God can speak any language. If God wanted me to know something, if God wants you to know something, he made you. I can't hear the voice of God. Do you know what some of us, before we can hear the voice of God, God has a personal way of letting us know what he wants from us? It's true. You made a lot of moves in your life. You say, I just, I just felt it was God prompting you. You can't hear his voice the way you, other people hear his voice. Not yet, but you can tell when it's God. So what we'll do, we'll, God will say, oh, don't do that. And you let someone talk you into doing it, then you turn and go, now you're hurt. Now you're blaming them. Watch this. This is another thing that's going to get you. You know something is not right to do, but you do it anyway. Someone comes and corrects you, now you're mad with them. But you knew that wasn't your role. You knew that wasn't your position. How do you write yourself in the story? Are you the villain? Are you the good guy all the time? Are you the person that don't want to hurt anybody's feelings? I'm going to tell you what I learned about that. If you're a person that use um, your... I don't want to use the word, this big word, but I have to use it. Your willingness to acquiesce, that's huge. Your willingness to go along. If, if you're the kind of person that don't want to hurt people's feelings by saying no, what about that? You will always be hurt. Because there's some people in this world, they ain't got no sense. Anybody know that? Everybody learn that? They ain't got no sense. And, and they, have, they, have, they don't have a sense of right or wrong. You can't be the kind of person, I don't want to hurt their feelings. Listen to me, look at me. There are times that you're going to have to hurt people's feelings if you're going to live a whole life. Sister, let me tell you something. Because he gives you a compliment, it's the first compliment you got in months, you don't owe him nothing. You don't even owe him a smile. He compliments you, you accept it, you go on. 
Oh, you ain't gonna stop and talk to me for what, a compliment? Watch this. Say, I'm not that cheap. Say, I'm not that cheap. No, you can't just buy me for a compliment, you know? How many of you following this? It's critical. In, In the story here, John forgot who he was or he wanted to step out of his role simply because he saw who Jesus was. Now, this is, a, this is an important uh, thing for us to realize. All relationships have roles and responsibilities. They have roles and responsibilities. Everybody say roles and responsibilities. That's critical because if, if, uh, if, it's, if either of, of those, the role and the responsibility is confused, ignored, or violated, emotions can run high. Roles and responsibilities in every relationship, whether you establish it or not. If you, don't, if you, if you never agree on that, once we connect, if, once, if, if me and you meet and we become friends, immediately there's roles and responsibilities. Goes without saying. Even in public, for people you don't know, there, for example, if you see something happen to someone, if, if you are taught manners, there's certain t- things that you obligate to do. Someone drops something, their hands are full, well, it's just good, good manners to go with it. Pick it up. You're, you stepped into the role as a helper. You got it? The situation actually dictates the roles we take. But every, all through life, you, you're dealing with roles and responsibilities. If, when you check the place of the break in your heart where, you, where you're hurting, you'll find that you're either violated in your role or you're violated in your responsibility. When someone calls you out of your name, They've just violated your role. You can't call me that if I'm this to you. You understand what I'm saying? Now, I'm going to show you how uh, expectation works. You can't get offended with someone if you have no expectation of them. The only people that can offend you are people that you have expectations of. That is why nine times out of ten, you are hurt by someone close to you. Because you don't expect a whole lot from strangers. You expect uh, a lot from people you know and people you trust, right? You expect, everybody say, I expected it. Now, remember, now, when you say I expected it, realize what you're saying. You're saying, I looked into the future and saw something. But here's the danger. You can't look into the future. So there's a weird scripture in the Bible. When I saw it, it tripped me out. It says, put not your confidence in men. Neither put your confidence in princes. Listen to this. Put not your confidence in ordinary men. Neither put your confidence in men of power and authority. He says, put your confidence in God. It's an interesting scripture. Here's what it speaks to. You say, Pastor, I shouldn't expect anything of anyone. Yes, but be careful of this. You, you operate based on shared knowledge. That's the purpose of communication. It's shared knowledge. You don't take anything for granted. Well, I just thought you were going to, you know, I, Lord, I, just, I, I saw you out, out of whatever. I said, I bought it for you and I expect you to pay me back. Well, what is, I didn't tell you to buy it. The reason I was out was because I, I couldn't afford to buy it. So you went and bought it for me. I can't afford to pay you because I can't I can afford to buy it. Now you're mad. Just went through an experience. It's very interesting, you know. Um, um, when I get Christmas cards, I get about a th- first. Uh, thank you so much for all the, Chris- the Christmas cards and the sentiments, and, and many of you put gifts in the cards. I, I so appreciate it. God bless you. I wanted to see that at the top of the service. But you know, when I get a Christmas cards, you have to understand. I get a thousand Christmas. I mean, not Christmas, but birthday cards. I'm saying Christmas. <laughs> you know what I meant. But 
I, I get a thousand, stay with the program. I, I, I get a thousand birthday cards. And I take them, read them, and throw them out. So, so when I get my birthday card, I will read it. I will smile. Some of you write things to me. I know you personally. And I say, oh, that's nice. I take it up and I go to, that's card number four. But I got like, what, 900 more to go. So by the time, I, when I get done reading the cards and get in your sentiments, what should I do with the cards? He said, you should keep them. Why? No, you bought the card to communicate a sentiment to me. And if I keep them every year. So when I get the cards, I read what you say. I, 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 I embrace the thought and I throw the card away. You throw my card away? What did you say to do with it? So... It's, it's a true story. This is a true story. Now, I'm, I'm using this. this I'm being transparent. I want to show you what happened. So my mom, my, I love my mother. My mother and I, we, we, we cool. But, but mom gave me these cards. And she gave me three cards. She gave me this card. This one had money. But these two other cards, she wanted to just love on her son. And they were just son cards. Just, I love her. But when I get done with her, she don't know me. I got done. I took the whole thing through the garbage. But she comes in my room to clean. And she looking at the garbage. She, she fishes her card out there. She sets up. She mad now. I come home, mom mad, mom won't talk to me. I'm praying, saying, God, what, what, what should I do? And I'm, now I'm mad. Now we, we walk around the house mad. Why? Because now, now when we finally talked about it, her thing was, this is what she said. I want you to see it. She said, she say, I keep every card that's given to me. I said, every card? She said, I got cards that were given to me years ago. Teaching point. You can't build an expectation of other people based on what you do. You, that's a good way to get hurt. Why didn't they do it like me? Because they're not you. You see, I get every time, every time something happens, a thousand people will give me a card. I don't care if you laugh at Christmas. At Christmas, I'm going to get a thousand more. Watch, watch this. So I'm going to get a thousand more. So if I keep, watch this, if I keep all the Easter cards and all the birthday cards, you got it? All the Christmas cards and all the cards of pastor, thank you for this and thank you for that. Man, I'm not, I have nothing in my room but cards. You see what I'm saying? A lot of times you want people to act the way you act when they weren't raised the way you were raised. Th- their role is totally different. You, uh, you know, you say, well, I keep all my cards. You don't give a five on your birthday. Right? Let me, come, can I tell you, let me tell you how you used to be. And please, I, I hope you, you're getting help. I got two more scriptures to read. I had this thing whenever you, you know, when I went through this phase where you would give me iTunes cards, I would, I would scratch off the iTunes card, put it in the iTunes system, and then keep the card on my dresser. And some, I'm monthly, I'm looking at like, why do I have a stack of iTunes cards I was already used? Because I didn't want to throw them away. That's, that's demonic. No, I get them, the stack, throw them in the garbage. Now think about it like this. What is there in your life that's unique to you that you're putting demands on others based on? When you look back in, when you go back into your past and look at why you're hurt, you, you probably put a demand on a person that it was impossible for them to keep. They couldn't be that person to you. No one can be God to you but God. No, no, listen, no one can, no one can, no one can, uh, uh, you say, I just want to be loved perfectly. There's no human being that can love you perfectly. I just want him to get my back. Well, how does that work? Did you tell him? 
Because I'm going to tell you what, if you have expectations of people that you never communicate to them, it's like blindfolding a, a runner, shooting the gun for them to run and having them jump hurdles. There's no way they can jump hurdles blindfolded. And when they crash into the hurdle, now you're mad. When you, when you start looking, when we, when we calm down and take a look and assess the situation fairly, what we find is a lot of times all people were doing was doing their best to get through their part of the story. And you expect them to help you with yours. Everybody got a part of the story they got to live out. And it's not always, how many of you get to certain parts of your story, you go, man, this is hard. Anybody, you go, this is hard. I love Jesus and I believe the word, but this is hard. Can you imagine that it's like that for the other person too? And so I, I, I had to deal with this situation recently. There was a believer who um, was angry with another believer, and the believer was angry because she said, uh, when people, I pray for them and they don't pray for me. I said, what do you mean? She said, well, how was I sick and nobody called to pray for me? I said, but prayer is your ministry. So if, watch this now. So let's say me and, me and Ella Fanny, let's say uh, we're friends. We hope you've enjoyed today's teaching courtesy of On Course with Heart Ramsey. We invite you to join the NCC family for our weekly services in Dothan and Montgomery, Alabama and Atlanta, Georgia. For service times and locations, visit our website, nccfamily.org. Again, nccfamily.org. We invite you to follow Pastor Hart Ramsey on social media, on Twitter at Hart Ramsey, on Facebook at Hart Ramsey Media, and on Instagram at Pastor Hart Ramsey. Be sure to join us next time as we continue to dive into God's Word as we get on course with Hart Ramsey.